Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Memorei Avram Goldai, and today we're Zichud Yuma Daf Samach, the fifth parakot Siulo. This year will not include a pop quiz. So the three daps we're going to focus on: number one, on Daf Nun Tes Amabez, where Yudah learned from a pasuk that just as after Kapara blood is not subject to Meila, so too before Kapara blood is not subject to Meila. The Gemara suggests that perhaps one can learn the opposite: just as before Kapara there is Meila, so too after Kapara there is Meila. And answered. There is no such thing as an item whose requirements have been performed, and yet we can still commit me'ila with it. The Gemara challenges this assertion from Trumas Edition, which is subject to me'ila, even though its requirements have been carried out. The ashes are still forbidden after they've been placed on the floor of the Azara, east of the Mizbeach. Perhaps the blood, too, should be subject to me'ila after Kapara. The Gemara answers that we cannot apply this law, because the psukim that discusses Trumas Edition and the Big Dekahuna worn by the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur, which are subject to me'il after use, teach the same halacha. And we have a principle that that teach the same law cannot teach that law in other areas. If the Torah had intended the halacha to apply universally, it would only have need to specify that halacha in one case. Pointing to the next Mishnah states, Regarding all the Yom Kippur procedures that have been listed in sequence, if the Kohen Gadol wrongly advanced one procedure before another, he's accomplished nothing, meaning the procedure is invalid. The more brings brights when this rule applies. Rebuta says, It only applies with regards to things done by the Kohen Gadol dress in the Big Day Lovin in the Kodesh Kadashim. It doesn't apply to things done in the Big Day Lovin outside, such as the drawing of lots, the various Vidurim, and the blood applications on the Mizbah HaZahav and the Mizbah HaChitzon. Rabbi Nechemia holds that the Lach applies to all the things done in the Big Day Lavan, whether inside or outside, whereas anything done out of order while the Kohen Gadol wears the Big Day Zahav is valid. Rashi explains that if he removed the Kaf and the Machta from the Kodesh Kodashim before offering his Ram or the Ram of the people, which are done in the Big Day Zahav, the omission of the Ram offering does not render the service of removing the Kaf and the Machta invalid. And point number three, Rabbi Yochanan said, referring to Rabbi Yehuda's and Rabbi Nechemia's opinions, which named Mirka Echad Darshi, both of them expounded the same Pasuk, which states, This shall be to you an eternal statue once a year. The Gemara understands Rabbi Yochanan's explanation of Yehuda that the word Zos, this, and the word Achas, once, come to teach two things. One term serves to exclude services performed in the Big Day Lavan, and one term comes to exclude any avoda performed in the Big Day Zav. He explains Rabbi Nechemi's position that one term is to exclude the avoda performed in the Big Day Zav, and the other term serves to exclude Shiraim Dulama Akbe, the service of pouring the blood remnants that is not essential for the validity of the services followed after it. The Gemara challenges this interpretation of Rabbi Nechemi's position. So once again, the three points are number one, on Daf Nun Tesama Beis, Rabbi Yudah learned from a Pasuk that just as after Kapara, blood is not subject to Me'ila, so too before Kapara, blood is not subject to Me'ila. The Gemara suggested that perhaps one could learn the opposite. Just as before Kapara, there is Me'ila, so too after Kapara, there is Me'ila. And answered, There is no such thing as an item whose requirements have been performed, and yet we can still commit Me'ila with it. The Gemara challenges this assertion from Tumas Adeshim, which is subject to Me'ila, even though its requirements have been carried out. The ashes are still forbidden after they have been placed on the floor of the Azara, east of the Mizbeach. Perhaps the blood too should be subject to Me'ila after Kapara. The Gemara answers that we cannot apply this law, because the Psukim that discussed the Tumas Adeshim and the Big Tekahuna, worn by the Kongadon Yom Kippur, which are subject to Mila after use, teach the same halacha. And we have a principle that, 
two psukim that teach the same law cannot teach that law in other areas. If the Torah had intended the Lachadil Pai universally, it would have only needed to specify that halacha in one case. Point number to the next Mishnah states, Regarding all the Yom Kippur procedures that have been listed in sequence, if the Kongala wrongly advanced one procedure before another, he's accomplished nothing, meaning the procedure is invalid. The Gemara brings up Raisel in this rule, applies to Yudah says, but the It only applies with regard to things done by the Kong Gadol, dressed in the Big Day Lavan in the Kosh Gadoshim. It doesn't apply to things done in the Big Day Lavan outside, such as drawing of lots, the various Bidurim, and the blood applications of the Mizbech Zahav and the Mizbech HaChitzon. Rabbi Nechemia holds that the Lacha applies to all things done in the Big Day Lavan, whether inside or outside, whereas anything done out of order, while the Kong Gadol wears the Big Day Zav, is valid. Rush explains that if he removed the kaf and the machta from the kashkadashim before offering his ram or the ram of the people, which are done in the big days of, the omission of the ram offering does not render the service of removing the kaf and machta invalid. And point number three, Rabbi Yochanan said, referring to Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Nechemi's opinions, Ushnei Mechre Echadarshu, both of them expounded the same pasuk, which states, V'haisa zos lechem luchukas olam achas b'shana. This shall be to you an eternal statute once a year. The Gemara understands Rabbi Yochanan's explanation from Yehuda that the word those, this, and the word achas, once, come to teach two things. One term serves to exclude services performed in the Big Day Lavan, referring to those outside the Kosh Kodashim, and one term comes to exclude any avoda performed in the Big Day Zav. He explains Rabbi Nehemi's position that one term is to exclude the avoda performed in the Big Day Zav, and the other term serves to exclude shiraim de Akve, the service of pouring the blood remnants that is not essential for the validity of the services followed after it. Gamora challenges this interpretation of Rabbi Nehemi's position. All right, so now we go to Simber Daf Samach, and this simon comes to us by way of Joe Mann from New Jersey and Ellie Tabari from Texas, who both suggested Samach is a smiley face, and we use a smiley face sticker for the simon. So here goes. The child who put smiley face stickers on the picture of the Truma Sedeshan and the Kohen Gadol's Big Day Lavan to remember Me'il applies even when the avoda is done, was able to remember which avodas need to be done in order by placing stickers on two words in one pasach. Once again, in slow motion. The child who put smiley face stickers, smiley face stickers, that must mean we're on Duff Samach. The child who put smiley face stickers on the picture of the Trumas Adeshin and the Kohen Gadol's Big Day Lavan, to remember Me'il applies even when the avoda is done, which reminds us, on Duff Nun Testament based review to learn from a Pasuk that just as after Kippurah, blood is not subject to Me'ila, so too before Kippurah, blood is not subject to Me'ila. The Gemara suggested that perhaps one could learn the opposite, that just as before Kippurah, there is Me'ila, so too after Kippurah, there is Me'ila. And answered, there's no such thing as an item whose requirements have been performed, and yet we can still commit Me'ila with it. The Gemara challenges this assertion for Trumas Adeshin, which is subject to Me'ila, even though its requirements have been carried out. The ashes are still forbidden after they've been placed on the floor of the Azari, east of the Mizbeach. Perhaps the blood, too, should be subject to Me'ila after Kapara. The Gemara answer is that we cannot apply this law, Mishum Dahavi Trumas Adeshin, the Big Day Kahuna, Shnei Ksubim, because the Psukim that discuss the Trumas Adeshin and the Big Day Kahuna worn by the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur, which are subject to Me'ila after use, teach the same Malachet. And we have a principle that Kol Shnei Ksubim, Two psukim that teach the same law cannot teach that law in other areas. If the Torah had intended the law to apply universally, it would have only needed to specify that halacha in one case. So the child who put smiley face stinkers on the picture of the Trumas Adeshin and the Kohen Gadol's Big Day Lavan to remember Me'il applies even when the avoda is done, was able to remember which avodas need to be done in order by placing stickers on two words in one pasuk.
which my next Mishnah states regarding all the Yom Kippur procedures that have been listed in sequence, if the Kohen Gadol wrongly advanced one procedure before another, he has accomplished nothing, meaning the procedure is invalid. The Gemara brings a bright when this rule applies. Ryuda says, but It only applies with regard to things done by the Kohen Gadol dress in the Big Day Lavin in the Kosher Gadashim. It does not apply to things done in the Big Day Lavin outside, such as the drawing of lots, the various confessions, and the blood applications of the Mizbach Hazav and the Mizbech Hachitzom. Rabbi Nechemia holds that the halach applies to all the things done in the Big Day Lavan, whether inside or outside, whereas anything done out of order, while the Kohen Gadol wears the Big Day Zav, is vowed. Rashi explains that if you remove the kaf and the makhtav from the Kosh Kadashim before offering his ram or the ram of the people, which are done in the Big Day Zav, the omission of the ram offering does not render the service of removing the kaf and makhtav invalid. So the child who puts smiley face snickers on the picture of the Trumas Adeshin and the Kohen Gadol's Big Day Lavan, to remember Me'ila applies even when the avoda is done, was able to remember which avodas need to be done in order by placing stickers on two words in one Pasuk. Which reminds Rabbi Yochanan said, referring to Rabbi Yehuda's and Rabbi Nehemiah's opinions, Shnei Mikra Echadarshi, both of them expounded the same Pasuk, which states, This shall be to you an eternal statute once a year. The Gemara understands Rabbi Yochanan's explanation of Rabbi Yehuda that the word Zos, this, and the word Achas, once, come to teach two things. One term service to exclude services performed in the Big Day Lavan, referring to the ones done outside, and one term comes to exclude any avoda performed in the Big Day Zav. He explains from Nehemiah's position that one term is to exclude the avoda performed in the Big Day Zav, and the other term serves to exclude Shirayim de Lamakli, the service of pouring the blood remnants that is not essential for the validity of the services followed after it. The Gemara challenges this interpretation from Nehemiah's position. So once again, the child who puts smiley face stickers on the picture of the Trumas Adeshin and the Kohen Gadol's Big Day Lavan to remember Me'ila applies even when the avoda is done, was able to remember which avodas need to be done in order by placing stickers on two words in one pasuk. All right, now it's time for a four block back Chazar. Daphnun Vav. So the symbol Daphnun Vav is the Shusher and Shul going, Nu, Nu. So here goes. The Shusher and Shul said, Nu, Nu. Shusher and Shul going, Nu, Nu. That must be one Daphnun Vav. The Shusher and Shul said, Nu, Nu. As he was about to make Kish on Kusi wine, purchase Arab Shabbos, which reminds us that on Daphnun Hay, I'm a basic more said than the case where the owner of a Chata's bird has certainly died. The reason of Yudah does not permit designated for Zuzim which is the price of a bird to be the money of the dead owner, and throwing them into the water and letting the other zuzim in the collection box be permissible, is a rebuta does not hold a brayer. The Gemara asks, where does it know the rebuta does not hold a brayer? And brings a case in a brace where one purchased wine from Kusim on Erev Shabbos before dark, and he didn't have the kale into which to pour the necessary truma and rice portions. Rebbe permits one to rely on brayer to designate the trumas and maestros now and separate them later, whereas Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Shimon prohibited from drinking the wine until the trumas and maestros have been separated. The Gemara rejects this proof, bringing their words at the end of the brace, which state that they said to Rabbi Meir, are you not moted that wineskin might split open and the wine will spill, and he will have been found retroactively to having drunk tevil? It's clear from here that their position is not based on the rejection of Brera. So the Shushur and Shul said, Nu, no, nu, no, as he was about to make Kiddush on Kusi wine, purchased Erev Shabbos, got so distracted when news came the Chachman arrived in the West before Shabbos, which reminds us, the more brings a proof that Rebuta does not hold a Brera from a Brisa taught by Ayo regarding making two conditional Erev and when one does not know in which direction the Chachman is coming from on Shabbos. 
Yehuda says, A person may not make stipulations concerning two things, two chachamim, simultaneously, but only concerning a single chacham regarding whom he may say that if the chacham comes to the east, his Arab is to the east. If he comes to the west, his Arab is to the west. Now, when it was asked, Rabbi Yehuda permits the two Arabin in the case of a single chacham, if he doesn't hold a brera, Rabbi Yochan answered, The case of the single chacham is an instance in which he had already arrived before Shabbos. Rashi explains that the person making the Arab was simply unaware of his location. From the onset of Shabbos, he certainly wants the Erev, which is towards the Chacham's location. Therefore, from the moment that he makes the two Erevin, one of them is fully valid. When he learns the Chacham's location on Shabbos, the revelation is merely informing him of what had been determined before. There is no need to involve the use of Brera. So the Shushar in Shul, who said, Nu, nu, as he was about to make Kiddush on Kusi wine purchased Erev Shabbos, got so distracted when news came the Chacham had arrived in the West before Shabbos, that he accidentally put the coast down on the plate marked for Havdalva, instead of the one marked for Kiddush, which reminds us. We learned earlier that Rebuter permits only one stand to be used for the blood out of concern that with two stands, the Kongado might confuse the bloods and take the wrong one. They were asked why Rebuter does not permit taking two gold stands or writing upon each one, which one is for the bull's blood and which one is for the goat's blood. After all, we see Rebuter regards the writing on the various collection boxes is a sufficient safeguard against confusing them. The Gemara answers Rabbi Yudas concerned Mishum Chush the Kongado Ravadaiti that due to the weakness of the Kongado will not bear in mind to check the labels on the stands. Daf Nun Zayin. So the Simmer Daf Nun Zayin is a nose, and we use Pinocchio's nose. So here goes the red Pinocchio. Pinocchio. That must be one Daf Nun Zayin nose. The red Pinocchio hanging in front of a curtain with blood splattered on it, which reminds us of Brisa taught that when the Kongado does Hazal, he does not do Hazal on the Parochas, but only opposite the Parochas, without the drops of blood actually coming in contact with it. Rebbe Lezbred Rebiosi said, Anir Isia Baromi, I saw the Parochas in Rome, and there were many drops of blood of the part in Sir of Yom Kippur. Clearly, the blood was meant to reach the Parochas. The Gemara questioned his proof, suggesting that perhaps he saw the blood of the Parlam Davar, or the Sir of Odazora, and answered that he recognized the correct blood because he saw they had been done in sequence, one above and seven progressively lower. So the red Pinocchio hanging in front of a curtain with blood splattered on it had been dipped in a bucket full of bull and goat blood that was accidentally mixed, which reminds me asked what's to be done if the blood of the bull becomes mixed with the blood of the goat before any sprinklings are performed. Rabbi said, the Kongado places the mixture one time above and seven times below, and this is sufficient for both applications. When Rabbi Yermia heard this teaching, he said, these foolish Babylonians, it's because they dwell in a dark land, they state murky teachings. According to Rabbi, this means the Kongado applies the above sprinkling of the seir before he applies the below sprinkling of the part. And the Torah stated, the kilo machapra is a Kodesh, and he shall complete the Kabar for the Kodesh, from which we can infer, complete the Kabar of the blood of the par, and afterwards complete the Kabar for the blood of the Seir. Rather, the Kohen Gadol first places the mixture one time above, and seven times below for the par obligation, and then does the same for the Seir. So, the red Pinocchio hanging in front of a curtain, with blood splattered on it, had been dipped in a bucket full of bull and goat blood, that was accidentally mixed, and placed right next to a golden altar that just received it's once a year blood application, which reminds us. The Mishnah Daf Nun Gimam Bey stated that before doing the blood applications on the Mizbacha Zahav, the Kongado poured the blood of the bull into the blood of the goat. The more seeks to identify the town of our Mishnah and concludes that it's Rabbi Yoshi, based on a Bryce where he says that the blood should be mixed, and Rabbi Yonason says they should be applied separately. Rabbi Yoshi has said to him, Does the Torah not state that Aaron shall perform Kapara upon its horns, Achas Vashana, once a year, implying that only one set of applications is made from both bloods? Rabbi Yonason said to him, But does the Torah not state, and you should take Medamha Par Medamha Sir from the blood of the Par and from the blood of the Sir and place it on the horns of the Mizbech, implying they should be placed separately? 
If so, why does the Torah state Achas Mishana one time a year? To teach you that there's one application of the part and not two, and one application of the Seir and not two. Dafnun Ches, so the similar Dafnun Ches is Noah Goldberg, the zookeeper. So here goes. Noah Goldberg, the zookeeper. Noah Goldberg, the zookeeper. That must be one Dafnun Ches. Noah Goldberg, the zookeeper, always put his feeding bowls within feeding bowls, which reminds us, Rami Barakama asked with Chissa, what's the lach of a cone place a Mizrach, a receiving bowl inside another Mizrach, and receive the blood of a carbon in it? Do we say, min b'mino chotzes or eno chotzes? So after rejecting one proof that it does not, one proof that it does, the more presents an alternative version of Rami Barakama's question, derech sheres b'kach ain derech sheres b'kach. Is it considered a proper manner of service to do so, to receive the blood in a bowl within a bowl or not? The more answer from our brides taught in Yeshiva of Rabbi Shmo, that the Torah states, as kokli ashars ashe yashar subam makodesh, and they should take all the service vessels they use for service in the holy place. The Pusik speaks of shnei kelim b'sheros achas, two kelim and one service, implying that two kelim may be used for one service. So, Noch Goldberg, the zookeeper, who always put his feeding bowls within feeding bowls, Often dreamed of becoming Kongad on Yom Kippur, doing Hazan the Baruch as well, standing between it and the Mizbach HaZahav. Which reminds the next mission describes the Avodah the Kongad did on the Mizbach HaZahav after concluding the sprinkle on the Baruchas. The Pasuk states, Hashem, He shall go out to the Mizbach that is before Hashem. Zem Mizbach HaZahav, this refers to the Golden Altar. The Gemara brings a bright that taught, what is the Torah teaching when it says, Mizbech, the Kongad Gadon shall go out to the Mizbach. So when Nehemiah says, Since we find, that the Kohen Gadol's bull chat is brought for inadvertently committing a sin that is punishable by Karas as a result of his own incorrect halachic ruling, that at the moment the Kohen Gadol does hazad towards the parochas, he stands past the Mizbech, between the Mizbech and the entrance to the Heichel. It might have been thought that here, too, he stands past the Mizbech. The Pasuk concerning the Yom Kippur offering therefore states, but Yatza el HaMizbech, he should go out to the Mizbech, from which we infer that previously when doing Hazar on the Parochas, he was standing Lifnim Min HaMizbech, inwards from the Mizbech, between the Mizbech and the Parochas. So, Noch Goldberg the zookeeper, who always put his feeding bowls within feeding bowls, often dreamed of becoming Kongad on Yom Kippur, doing Hazar on the Parochas while standing between it and the Mizbech HaZahav, and then walking past the Mizbech before dumping blood on it. Which reminds us, the Gemara brings up rice with Malchus between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yosei Glili regarding the sequence the Kohen Gadol used to dab blood on each of the four corners of the Mizbach HaZahav. The Gemara notes the Kuyama Mia Bahau Karen de Avid. Everyone agrees that the corner which the Kohen Gadol first encounters as he walks towards the Mizbech is not the one he does the first application of blood on. Rashi explains that he first encounters a western corner. So what's the reason for this? She will answer the Pasuk states, but Yatza Al Mizbech, that he should go out to the altar. This implies he should not make any blood applications at all until he passes the entire length of the Mizbech. As the night, night, that must be more on Tess. As the night walked clumsily around the golden altar, dabbing blood on his corners, which reminds the Gmurbings of Bryce regarding how the blood was applied to the Mizbech of Pnimi. Rabbi Shemel said, Two Gohan Gadoin remained alive in the days of Bayes Rishon. This one said, With my hand I circled the Mizbech Zahav when placing blood on it on Yom Kippur. And this one said, With my feet I circled it. And each one gave their reason. The one who circled it with his feet explained, Savi de Mizbech Pnimi, Kasavi de Mizbech Achitzon. The term around written in connection to the inner altar is to be interpreted like the term around written in connection with the outer altar. So just as the Kohen Gadol walked around the outer altar to apply the blood, so too he walked around the inner altar. The one who circled the Mizbech Pnimi with his hand explained, The entire Mizbech Pnimi takes the space of a single horn of the Mizbech Achitzon, which Rush explains was an Amma by an Amma. So just as the Kohen Gadol stood in place at any given corner of the Mizbech Achitzon, so too he stood in place while performing the applications around the entire Mizbech Abinimi. 
So as the night walked clumsily around a golden altar daubing blood on his corners while looking for a clear place on top for sprinkling, which reminds the Mishnah Duff and Nunches on the base states that after the Kongal sprinkled the blood on the corners of the Mizbeach of Pnimi, he saw Tihosh Mizbeach Shavapamin. He then sprinkled upon the purity of the Mizbeach seven times. The Gemara here asks, My Tihar, what does the purity of the Mizbeach mean? And brings a revised explanation from Rabbi of Shiva said, Agluya de Mizbech means upon the exposed top of the Mizbech, similar to how the term purity is used in the Pasuk, Ketz Meshemayim Motohar, and it was like the appearance of the heavens in purity. The term purity refers to a state of clarity. The Mishnah used the word similarly, alluding to the fact that the Kongad was required to clear a section on top of the Mizbech of the coals and ashes left there by the burning of the Katoris, and to sprinkle the blood on the exposed purified surface. So as the night walked clumsily around a golden altar daubing blood on his corners, while looking for a clear place on top for sprinkling, gardeners and night costumes lined up in the distance to pay for water from a stream flowing with blood. Which reminds us, the Mishnah said that the bloods of the offerings would eventually mix in the canal and flow out to Nachal Kidron, where it was sold to gardeners for fertilizer, umolimban, and one is liable for meila for its unauthorized use. The more brings them out as if there is meila de Rabban, and adds that everyone agrees that the rights there is no meila for sacrificial blood and brings three sources. Ula said that the Pesach states with regard to sacrificial blood, Lachem, I've signed it for you upon the altar to provide atonement, Shalachem Yehei. The phrase Lachem implies that it should be yours and that there is no prohibition of Me'ila. A sage from the Yeshiva Rabbi Shimon taught a price that said the Pesach says Lachaper, to provide atonement, I've assigned the blood for atonement but not to be subject to Me'ila. And Rabbi Yochanan said the Pesach states who? In the Pesach he had done, who benefits Yehaper, for it's the blood that atones for the soul. This teaches that it is in the same category before Kabora as after Kabora. Just as after Kabora it's not subject to Me'ila, so to before Kabora is not subject to Me'ila. And the Kabora challenges Rabbi Yochanan's interpretation. All right, that concludes this year. This is Rabbi Ramgon Zichu. you a great day and great learning.